Well, good morning, everybody. Um, uh, welcome to uh, Billericay Baptist Church sermon. My name's Ian Smith. I'm the senior minister here. And the first sermon of the new year, and a year that I guess most of us have been happy to see come, and possibly a year that we've been happy to see let go, but more about that later. Before I begin, there is something I want to plug. Uh, I know we don't normally do this, but um, quite topical for us, Andrew and I. It was our 25th wedding anniversary last year, um, which we, and we were supposed to go to Israel, which we didn't get to do because of COVID. However, as a church, uh, someone has gifted to the church a, a free live virtual trip to the Holy Land. This is on Wednesday the 13th of January at 8 o'clock. And uh, it's led by... Uh, a person who's the number one uh, Israel tour guide and trip advisor, and it's about 75 minutes on Zoom, and you'll see loads of wonderful stuff. One of our members, Ben O'Keefe, has seen some of what he's done for his own firm and recommended him to us. Lots of 3D uh, models together, a professional narration, uh, and all to do with the, with the Christian, also the Abrahamic religions. So it's going to be really, really good, and I'd encourage you to sign up. You don't have to leave home, you don't have to pack, Uh, you just make yourself a cup of tea or something uh, stronger and you can sit there and listen and learn about some of the history of the things we believe in. Um, As I say, the cost of the tour has been covered by gift, so it really is free, but there is a limited amount of devices that can log on, which is 100 on the Zoom account. So please book your ticket, just one per device, you can have as many people watching as, as you like. Um, you'll find that on um, bbcisrael.eventbrite.co.uk. Book your ticket as soon as possible. We expect them all to go. If you're unsure about how to book on Eventbrite, please contact Corin Croswell and he'll sort out the booking for you. But we're signed up. We're looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be really good. So please um, have a look at that uh, in due course. So it falls to me to uh, bring the sermon uh, for this new year. Did have a good think and pray. You'd be glad to know about what to say. Uh, I hope you've had a good Christmas. It's been different than usual in many ways, but in other ways, uh, the message is very much the same. And found among all the fun and much reduced fun and festivities, as we spoke about on the Christmas Day service, is Emmanuel, God with us. God with you. As you go into this year, that's a truth you need to hold on to. Jesus, they should call him Jesus because the Lord saves and he saves us. And we remember those subjects that we spoke about, Advent, hope, love, joy, peace. Jesus has all these things about him. And in these challenging times as a Christian, you're called and I'm called to show Jesus to the world. And the world really needs to see him. And especially at this time we're in now where some don't have any hope, don't have any joy, don't have any love, don't have any peace. But we're called as a Christian to show Jesus to the world. And I accept that some people struggle with necessarily talking about him. They struggle to start a conversation or to get him into a conversation. And maybe that's just not their gifting. But that's not the only way that you can show someone Jesus. In fact, I know some people who can talk about him a lot, but not really live out the reality of knowing him. They can talk about love without being loving. Talk about forgiveness without forgiving. Talk about kindness while being mean. And when I thought about what to bring... This first message, 2021, when I prayed, I felt the Lord was giving us a fresh challenge and it's exciting. It's really, really personal to you and to me. Of course it is collectively as well. But I think he's trying to tell us the impact that one person, you, as a Christian, can make in the world. Because the Lord 
is moving in you. Let me repeat that. The Lord, Jesus himself, the Spirit of God, can move within you. And saving faith for us means accepting Jesus as Lord, giving him control of our lives, receiving his forgiveness, but it can't just stop there. There's got to be, there's got to be some sort of evidence of that. The ongoing work is becoming more like him. And the thrust of the message this morning is this. The world needs to see him and they'll see him through you. The world needs to see him and they'll see him through you. That's really what I want you to go away with this morning. When you go into the week and the year, people need to encounter Jesus. They can encounter him through you. And Jesus didn't just talk. He ministered to everybody, he encouraged, he challenged, he saved, he taught. He gave us, someone else, another counsellor he called him, the Holy Spirit, to live within us, to change you and me to be more like him. And we need to change to be more like him because the world needs to see him through you. I remember when I, back in the day when I worked on the stock exchange floor, and, and I was very much the junior, I used to look up to the dealers, the traders, and I wanted to be like them. And I was on the stock exchange floor, and you sta- as a trainee, you wasn't allowed to sit down, so the whole time you had to stand up. And they had, and I don't know if this was a prophecy or not, uh, but there is such a make of shoe called Church's Shoes, and they're very expensive. And all of these dealers walking around the stock exchange floor had them, and I couldn't afford them. So I got a cheaper pair, an imitation And the problem was they just didn't last more than about a month with all the walking that you did on them. I used to replace my shoes all the time. Why did I want them? Because the people I looked up to had them. That was before and this is now. Now my biggest concern for me and for you is to look up literally to Jesus. I want to become more like him. That can only come about as a work of the Spirit of God. God is doing that in me and in you. We all need to become more like him because the world needs to see him and he's at work in you and they'll see him through you. And he is at work in the world. And if you look close enough, you'll see him. And if you're a Christian, a follower of Christ, the fact is, no getting away with it, the word of God says it, you've been chosen for this. You have a calling and a responsibility, a privilege to be like Jesus to the world. And the world is watching and the world needs to see him through you. I'm going to read, uh, read uh, two passages, one slightly longer than the other. First one is uh, Colossians 3, uh, from verse 12, where, uh, sorry, from verse, yes, verse 12, where we see this wonderful description of who we are as God's people. Remember, you've been called and you've been chosen. Listen to these words that Paul said. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. From the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father 
through him. And the second verse from 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this morning, reflecting the life of Jesus, reflecting the Lord's glory. If I look in a mirror, I don't overly like what I see from a physical sense of, of view. But spiritually, I want to ask myself, am I reflecting that character of Jesus? Are people going to meet Jesus through me because he lives in me? And we've got to say... It's been such a year, the one that's just passed. And many people have said to me, I want to forget 2020. And it's interesting, isn't it? This time last year, it was 2020, a year of vision and perfect vision. And uh, everyone was getting hold of that strap line. We had no idea what was coming. And many people, after being so excited about that new year, just want to forget it. And certainly, there have been challenges uh, both personally and in our lives together. But I truly believe that God has shown us how powerful the church can be outside of the walls. It's not to dismantle the walls or anything else, but he is challenging us to make the difference where we are. What the world needs, we all know the answer. We know the answer is Jesus. We know that. We can see the mess in the world. We love the message of Advent where Jesus, we remember that he came down to earth as a baby, but also that he will come again. Look for the signs, look for all the prophecies, Matthew 24 and Daniel, look at all of them. And all the things that are prophesied, even the pesticides and and diseases, are happening now. Jesus will come again and we, in the meantime, he has us. In the meantime, he has you. He has you. The world can see Jesus through you and the world needs to see him through you. So until he comes again, we are it. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You see, Jesus came down in bodily form. He's going to come again. He left us with the Holy Spirit, the counsellor, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside. And now we're described that you and me are the body of Christ. We are literally walking around as Christians being Christ to the world. You are the body of Christ. You are Jesus to the world. And so don't ever underestimate the impact you can have. And as we long to put 2020 behind us and look for 2021 with all the challenges that are still around at the moment, the numbers coming out as I'm recording are horrific. The stories I'm hearing are really sad. I had literally a call this morning from a friend of mine whose cousin's died uh, of my age. And so There's still some stories out there. There's still heartbreak. It's not over. We can't just say we're in 2021. Isn't life wonderful? There's still a pandemic. But it's really easy to ride off last year and only focus on this year. And it's great to look forward. But if we just ride off the year, we run the risk of missing Jesus because he was in that tough year. And it's too easy to miss him. He was to be seen in the actions, in the character of those who follow him. He was in the hospital wards, the ambulances, the supermarkets, the homes, the classrooms, the neighbourly concern on your street. He was there. And all of us had the privilege of showing his character. And we need to show his character because the world needs to see him through you and me. Now, we're not people who have got it all sorted. I definitely haven't got everything sorted out, but I'm working on it. I'm determined to become more like him with the help of his spirit. 
But we are all pilgrims on a journey. And so we need that determination to grow in that character of Christ, becoming more like him. The theological term is sanctification. We want to be more like him. Why? Because the world needs to see him and the world will see him through Christians, through you. Remember the verse that Paul uh, has in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we, this is us with unveiled faces, all reflect, not, not, oh, the guy down the road is super spiritual or the really big prayer or whoever it is, the Christian hero that you've got in your mind right now, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed, all of us being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So all of us are called to reflect the Lord's glory. All of us are called to be willing to be transformed. But all of that, as we ask for it, comes from God. It's an act of God's Spirit working within us. We talk much about the gifts of the Spirit, as we should, there's no problem. But the inner work that the Spirit is doing, the character work, the the work that stands alongside the weak, that stands with the poor, the ones that aren't clothed, the hungry, the one that has the compassion on people, that's also working within us, the Spirit of God. So the passage that we looked at from Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Paul's writing to the church at Colossae in Asia Minor around AD 60. He was in prison in Rome. And the passage started, if you remember, with therefore. And, and let's just have a look why he put therefore. He's just reminded them that they are, in chapter 3, verse 1, in Christ. So they should set their hearts on things above. Verses 5 to 12 actually concern themselves with all the negatives. And as I read these things out slowly... Think about the world we live in right now and ask yourself, does it really need Jesus? Does it really need the word of God? Does it really need God in any kind of way? Verse 5 to 12 said the bad, the things to get rid of, right? This is a different reflection. This is a reflection of the world. Sexual immorality. You know, sex is a big seller, uh, whether it's a TV program, a film, a magazine. It's a huge industry. Sexual immorality is around impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, always want more, anger, rage, malice, slander, putting people down, gossiping, bad language seems to be okay, lying. You know, I see all of that a lot, yet yet Paul was saying, no, you shouldn't be looking at those things, set your mind on things above, these are things to get rid of. If you think about the world now, as I read those things out, they are in abundance. They are in abundance. But the Christian, the Christian, although they'll battle some of those things, they're setting their hearts on things above because he says in verse 9, you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on your new self, which is being renewed. So it is a work in progress. We haven't got perfectionism. We can strive for excellence, but we haven't got perfectionism. And Jesus, in a sense, is saying, put on your clothes in the way of his character. You are being renewed. Character becoming more like Jesus, who leads by example. It's not just the words he says. And the world needs to see that and see him. And they'll see that and see him through you. And it's to that that Paul says, therefore. And the first thing he says is identity. Verse 12, as God's chosen people. I've been chosen. Uh, to be one of God's people. That is such a privilege and such a responsibility and it's the same for you. Holy and dearly loved. Not a lot of emphasis these days on holiness, being pure, 
being holy before God. God says, be holy, therefore, because I am holy. Second thing he said, it's like getting renewed, but taking responsibility. He says, clothe yourselves, verse 12. What with? With all these characteristics that he's going to talk about. He's saying, look, put these, put these on. These are part of your character. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to, to bring these things in you, which is so countercultural to the modern society that people will see Jesus through you. What does he say in uh, verse 12? Well, first of all, he says compassion. We should be people of compassion. If you think about it, God has shown us compassion. He's shown us mercy. James 5.11 says the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. When I think about what God has done for me, then I, I can be compassionate to others. Kindness, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Proverbs eleven seventeen: a kind man benefits himself. You know, there's these web, uh, sorry, Facebook pages, acts of random kindness. They're brilliant. I love seeing what people are doing. Uh, you know, I'm giving this away for free. It might do someone a turn or whatever it is, things that maybe would have gone on a tip before. In fact, um, when Tier 4 was announced for our area just before Christmas, lots of disappointment around. Um, Andrew is one of the ones who went on the WhatsApp group, but she wasn't the first. Um, someone in our street, of our street's WhatsApp group, immediately said, look, this is really disappointing. But come on, let's look forward. We're going to have too much turkey. Um, if anybody in our street is on their own and wants a dinner made up for them, we'll cook it and leave it on their doorstep. And then loads of people offered it. Kindness. That would have meant the world to some people. Humility, Titus 3 verse 2, show true humility to everyone. You know, for me, humility, because you can achieve so much in God's name, but true humility is, is knowing and making sure that get, God gets all the glory. Humility. He'll use me and you to a powerful effect, powerful effect but it's him that gets the glory. He says gentleness. Philippians 4 verse 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all in a world that actually is quite harsh. Patience in a world that's rushing all the time. A man's wisdom gives him patience, Proverbs 19.11. Patience, being having patience with each other. We're rushing around. Verse 13, he goes on to say, bear with one another. People have had to do that with me personally this year. They've had to bear with me and I've been so grateful. But sometimes I have to bear with some people. They, look, people are people with a diverse bunch of people. Bear with one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, I look around, there's lots of unforgiveness around and dare I say it sometimes in Christian circles as well. And it breeds discord and broken relationships. But when I look how much God has forgiven me, I must forgive. A radical forgiveness. Sometimes people don't even deserve the forgiveness, but I don't deserve it. So I'll give it. Sometimes it's an act of will and the emotion follows. Verse 14, all of these surrounded by love, put on love, it binds them all together. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Not, oh, you know, I'm looking for a bit of peace. It should be overwhelmingly ruling you. You know, this Christmas we celebrate the prince, we celebrated the prince of, of peace. But people are so easily angered. They seem to walk around looking to be offended. And this year, something that really resonated with me, I'm sure it does with you, is be thankful. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, this year, or the past year, I feel like God 
has really shown us the things that are really important to us, that we actually do have a lot to give thanks for that maybe we were taking for granted. Certainly this Christmas had seemed to me about less what everyone wants and more grateful for what they've got. Verse 16, the Bible, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When you look at those characteristics of the world, the things that we're not to set our eyes upon, we want to set our eyes on the things above. When you look at the world, we need to know the word of God. It's alive and it speaks into the prevailing culture. All the things that are happening are spoken about in the Bible. Some of them are warnings of when, or signs of when Jesus will come back. We need to know what the Bible says about our marriages and our relationships, the church, human sexuality, about the earthquakes, the pesticides, the disease. It's all in there. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And then verse 17, the summing up. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You are sent out. You've been chosen and you're sent out as an ambassador for Christ. What a privilege that is. And there are so many pressures in life, more so this past year uh, than many of us have had for a long time. And the world can pull you in a direction that leads away from God. But we must choose. We must choose who we serve. We must choose to set our eyes on the things above, not on what the world necessarily tells us. We must choose who we're going to serve. Is that what it said in Joshua 24:15? Choose for yourself this day who you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And it's really important we do that because the world needs to see him through you. The church, the, the word for the church, the ecclesia, gathered, not so much gathered at the moment, but gathered and scattered. I believe God has been teaching us what it is to be church scattered. We will gather again. We will gather again but we are scattered, but you are really making an impact. And I'd really want to encourage you, and I believe God wants to encourage you. It's not only talking about Jesus, it's also being Jesus in the situations where you find yourself. I pray that we'll be a people of challenge, like Christ, and of love and of comfort. A people whose encouragement is 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 the norm. The Bible tells us to encourage one another daily. A people of compassion and kindness, A people who will achieve great things for God, but will have humility, giving him all the glory. A people whose wisdom is obvious, where forgiveness abounds. A people that, even when others or things don't live up to expectations, will bear with one another, because we're family. And we'll do this because all of these characteristics are bound together by love. A people where the peace of Christ rules, where we'll be thankful for all that God does among us. A people that prays continually and gives thanks in all circumstances. A place where we'll let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And that whatever we do, as we move forward into 2021, we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because the world needs to see him and they'll see him through you. So, we are the body of Christ. You are part of the body. Everyone has their part to play. Where was he when we're really quick to dismiss 2020? A year that we want to forget. Where was his character? It was there. It was shown in the hearts and actions of his followers. And even in some that maybe don't put their trust in him. I saw the characteristic of self-sacrifice. Key workers, nurses, doctors were still seeing it. Putting their lives on the line. This is self-sacrifice. Teachers, carers, 
just heard someone on the WhatsApp this morning talking about how tough it is working in, in the care homes. We, we know this from our own experience with Andrew's dad, who's 100 and is in a care home. It's a really tragic situation. We need to pray for those people working in there. They're seeing it every day. They're dealing with the families and the patients. We see it in the supermarkets. We've seen it in bus drivers. People have given lives to serve. So I see the self-sacrifice. Many people have paid with their lives. I've seen Christ in the compassion of people, in the kindness that I've seen shown, in the way that people have really looked out for their neighbours, looking out for the weak. I've seen the generosity of the Christmas appeals. In all these things, I see Jesus. And Jesus says to you today, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are his ambassadors. And I think, as I reflect on, on this past year, and certainly while the, the church buildings, in many respects, have been closed, it, it's in my, in my thinking, in my pondering, my theology, my prayers, you know, it's very tempting for churches, even denominations, to become institutions. Maybe focus too much on internal whether it's the Sunday service or the groups, whatever. They're all important, but maybe focused too much on the internal. And I think this past year, has showed, God has showed us how church is scattered in a community. But we will come to a time where we have a choice. And I think there's lessons to be learned from both. Some people want to get back to the old way as quickly as possible. And if, if your whole faith is about being here on a Sunday, then of course you're going to miss it. It's part of who we are. It's part of what we do. And of course we do miss it, but it can't be all of what we do. Some people go to the opposite extreme. I've seen some parachurch organisations throw it out altogether. Let's just have people dotted around and it, and it doesn't matter. And I think that's wrong as well, because there is something about being gathered as a community and worshipping God in community. So I feel it's both and. But when we return to what we might call normal, could the normal be that something looks like less institutional, possibly a little bit more disorganised, and more a movement, which really is what the church is. It's a movement of people, an army of people, of a radical people showing radical love and service, radical in their forgiveness, ruthless in their love. Because if we do that, not only within our four walls, but outside as well, the world will see Jesus through you. I want to pray for us. Um, I want to personally thank you for everything of last year and look forward to seeing you this year. But I do believe God is showing us something new. We know this time last year we were saying we think we've been given the verse, see today I do a new thing. The new thing's not what we expected, uh, but it is a new thing. And I think the part of the new thing is the individualism of you that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and that you can make a difference. People can see Jesus through you. Don't just say be kind, be kind. Don't just say we should love, love. Don't just say, well, I forgive because God forgive me. Actually forgive. Let's be radical in that. So let me pray for us because we can only achieve this by the work of God, by the work of the Spirit within us. And I'm going to pray uh, a bit about what I've said. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word and I pray, Lord, that we would be a people of compassion because you are full of compassion and mercy. That we would all be people known for kindness, for humility, gentleness, patience. 
that as a family of church, an ecclesia, we can bear with one another and forgive because you forgave us first. In everything we do, may we be surrounded by love, to put on love because it binds them all together. May the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, Lord. May we be a people who are thankful, joyful always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. Lord, may we take the Bible seriously and as your God-given word. Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And whatever we do, Lord, can we do it all in your name, the name of Jesus, giving thanks to you, God the Father, through him. Lord, I pray that the world would see you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.